Christian Parenting. Winter is here. For some of you, this year has flown by, and for others, it's probably felt like an eternity. We have been through it as parents in 2020, haven't we? We've walked through some really hard things with our families in this unnerving year, pandemics, school closures, economic uncertainty, more screen time than ever, leaving us with our normal being all flipped upside down. Anyone else exhausted need some rest, some answers, some encouragement on your parenting journey? That's why we host this show, Paradox Podcast. We hope that you remember some shows that have been encouraging this year, some that have left a mark. Well, those episodes and more are made possible in part because of our partnership with ChristianParenting.org. Christian Parenting is an online resource that offers practical help and biblical encouragement through podcasts just like this one to parents just like you. They help produce podcasts in the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, develop parenting books and workbooks, and support the production and creation of this show, Paradox. So today, we're asking for your help in leading parents to the true source of their parenting strength, Jesus. Christian Parenting is 100% donor-funded and relies on listeners just like you to support the future creation of parenting resources. If you've been enjoying our show, would you make a donation to Christian Parenting today? And when you give at www.cpgive.org, your gift will be doubled thanks to a generous donor stepping forward with a $10,000 matching grant. That means your $20 donation becomes $40, your $50 donation becomes $100. All donations go to impacting parents walking through the same things that you are. All parents need a trusted community. All parents need a reminder that it's okay to be imperfect. All parents need Jesus. And as parents come to know and love Jesus more, so do their kids. So please give today at www.cpgive.org. And thank you so very much for your generosity. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Josh. Welcome, everybody. I am Jimmy. We are, it's time, you know, we, you know, just in a family, there comes a point in time when you have the sex talk. And it's an important talk. Yes, it is. One that you should have quite frequently. Yes. Now, what we're, though, we're not talking about having the sex talk with your child, we're talking about having the sex talk with your spouse. Say what? We have to talk about sex with our spouse. Say what? And so we're actually going to be doing, because sex falls into, you know, what is euphemistically referred to as the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse. So anyone that does any marriage counseling will tell you that the four big issues that virtually everyone is going to struggle with 
is money, sex, kids, and in-laws. Those are the four. And so we're going to kind of do a series of each of the four horsemen. And so we're going to start today with uh, the issue of S-E-X. I don't want your sex for now, even if you... Mm. Something, something. I don't want your sex for now. Are you having an epileptic seizure? What is happening with you? DC Talk. S-E-X. No. Mm -mm. You don't remember that song? Nope. I can I can remember no I don't remember anything. Oh, we're colored people. Oh my gosh. I remember that's that so one. racist. It was a song by DC Talk. So, here we are. This is this is an uncomfortable topic for some. It's actually an uncomfortable topic for most, uh which is the whole reason that we're talking about having the talk. It's it's not on iTunes. Is it not? Mm-mm. Well, that's a shocker. What if I stumble? What if I fall? That I remember. What if I didn't make a fool's of us all? Oh, boy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we ought to go on the road. So why is it that in, in marriages we have such a hard time talking about the sexual relationship? Well, first, it's because sex carries more baggage than a 747. It is like this catch-all for the way you were raised, whether you have, you know, low self-worth, whether you have body. You remember this, huh? I don't remember this. What? It's coming. Hold on, hold on. Sex till you tie the knot. I don't want it. I don't want it, want it. You don't remember that one. Actually, it's coming back to me. There it is. Yes. But in this case, we do want it. Yes, we do. We're talking about it. And we want to talk about it. Yeah. So not only does sex carry just a ton of baggage, again, it is it 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 it, it catches all the personal, you know, intimate childhood stuff, you know, everything kind of gets gathered in the the sexual relationship which makes it like the third rail, the thing that you just absolutely can't touch. Well, it's, um, you know, we talk about how conversations, if you're being honest, can be laying yourself bare emotionally, but Mm -hmm. sex is literally laying yourself bare. Yes. And the only time it ever comes up, if it ever comes up at all, it's because someone, there's a problem. So it's never talked about. The only time anything is ever mentioned is when someone has a problem with it, uh, which just paints it in a very negative, negative light. Sure, because it, it should it should come naturally, right? I mean, it's just it's something that if you love come, if if you love each other, it should just work. It and should, should come have on no, natural. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should have no problems with it. But not only do we not talk about the sexual relationship between you know husband and wife. But as we've mentioned before on the show, that sex, period, is the unmentionable in 99% of Christian homes. It is the, the topic which must not be named, and, and it's just left in, this, in this, 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 this vast emptiness where it's just never, ever addressed. So if you take this idea that we're never going to talk about it, we, we need to, we want to, and we need to be engaged in it on a regular basis, but we're not going to say anything about it. And if we do, it's because there's something wrong. If we apply that to any other activity that a couple mutually engages in, it would be fraught. 
it would be a train wreck. So it's like, why do we think people would just be thrilled with their sex lives? I have one quick story. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Make it clear. And this isn't this isn't talking about marriage sex. Well, it is talking about marriage sex. But I was talking to Ruth the other day, and I forget why we were on the topic, but we were talking about how we need girls to populate the earth. I think we were talking about human extinction for some weird reason. Oh my lord! And she connected like we just needed girls to populate the earth. I'm like, well, actually, you need guys. Why guys play a role? <laughs> So what are you talking a about? A little bitty wiggly roll, but it's <laughs> it's still a roll. And uh, she's like, how? Well, my guys, boys put babies in girls. That's what I said. And That's what like, you said? Yeah. Well, that was confusing. And I said, and she said, well, how? <laughs> I said, their penis goes in your vagina. <laughs> you told her that? Yes. Well, good. And she didn't have any because, more questions. Yeah, but that shut her up. <laughs> So, but again, you answer children's questions yes. that they ask. And then when they know enough, they stop asking. They stop asking. <laughs> well, how? Why do we need boys? Yes. Oh, now, she was the famous child that at age three was singing in the bathroom, girls have vaginas and boys have peanuts. Peanuts, yes. Yeah. yes. So, we don't talk about sex in, in our marriages. The assumption is if you're married, we should simply know what to do. And yeah. know how to do it. And we it should, should know the preferences, the likes, the dislikes. Yes. We should simply just know it. Mutual orgasms. What if we're listening in the car? Can I say that word? No. Okay. And if things are not great, then we suffer in silence because we don't talk about that. It's my duty. Yeah. So if if we're looking for <laughs> if we're looking for any biblical guidance in this area. The, the only time that marital sex is really ever mentioned uh, is, is Paul in 1 Corinthians, which I think if you polled every male Christian alive or really probably who have ever lived, this is their favorite scripture passage. What about Song of Solomon? No, you can't really keep up with that. Oh, yeah. There's the, too many hay bales. Deer, panting. And towers. And Yikes. rings of necks. Yeah, no. And bosoms. They're going to stick with 1 Corinthians. No. So guys are going to like 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5, and Jesus wept because they can claim memorization. But just to, to repeat the verse so we're all on the same page, the husband should, uh, should uh, give to his wife uh, his body, likewise the wife to her husband, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband doesn't have oh, no. authority over go back. his... Go back. Just stop at the... The husband has authority over the wife's body. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Let's just shut it down there. Yep. And we've ended the show for the day. No, wait a second. Because <laughs> guys like the second part. Oh. Oh. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps... This is perhaps. This is not an ironclad rule, but perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you could devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So that's really the only time in the New Testament that marital sex really is ever mentioned. And it comes down to everything else in the New Testament. Um, when they say, you know, the, the spouse's, uh, each spouse's body belongs to the other. The primary function of sex is to serve and to bless each other. And again, this is the New Testament. Uh, we are to be selfless. And we are to serve 
thinking of others first. So if we're going to turn to the big book, that's what we've got. And that is easier read than done, but we also can't dismiss it either. Guys want this on in plaques on you know every room in the house and on a bumper sticker, like so many other things. Guys make too much of this verse, and and ladies tend to wish it wasn't in the Bible. Um, so that's what we got. So what is going to be our solution? And what's important, I think, to comment here is there are various sexual appetites. You and your spouse. Uh, upon marriage, don't just automatically feel and think the same way about sex. Traditionally, one partner is going to desire it more, and the other is going to desire it less. And the one that desires more is going to point out this verse to say, you need to give your body to me because it's mine. And the one that desires is less is going to f- probably focus on, for a time, we, we need to stay away You may away not know this. it, but I'm praying ceaselessly, <laughs> as Paul instructed. So. so what's interesting, right, is we can use that that verse two different ways, but... It's okay and normal to have two different appetites. And if you work at it uh, over the years, you can coordinate appetites. David Schnarch, I have Mm. no clue what your solutions are, so I'm Mm. riffing here. So I might be stepping on your toes. Mm. Did you mention Schnarch? I would have remembered (laughs) if I would have mentioned a dude by the name of Schnarch. (laughs) So, no, I don't, can confidently say don't ask me to spell I did it. not bring him up. David Schnarch is a marriage researcher. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book Passionate Marriage. And he, through his about 20 to 30 years of research, um, found the people that have the best sex. Would you have any guess on who that is? That he calls them the blessed few. Who? People that have been married 45 years or longer. Hmm. They're called the blessed few, so according I to need, a secular researcher. So I just got to hang on for five more years, and sex is going to be mind-blowing. Magically nirvana. Awesome. But All right. the point in that, he also says that it takes three to five years when you're first married to just stop having bad sex. So it's not even that you're having good sex when you're married for three years. It's like literally trying to accomplish just not having bad. The point is, is you've got to think of your sex life as this grand narrative where you got 50 years to work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you work on trying to coordinate your appetite and the person that wants it more, not requiring it as much, and the person that doesn't want as much, giving of themselves more, over time, what you'll find is your appetites do start to come together. Mm -hmm. And just like speaking of research, you know, if you are just, you know, uh, holding hands, uh, laying on the couch arm in arm with your spouse, the you know the the neuroscience shows that y- even our heartbeats, our breathing aligns. Is this Schnarch too? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was Schnarky yeah. who said y- y- breathing heartbeats uh, kind of mesh together uh, and coordinate together. So in a way, that's kind of what you're describing. But if 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 a definition of love, which is one of the great ones. If love is putting someone else's needs above your own, then, we, and we always say that sex is this outward physical manifestation of the spiritual and emotional love that you have with your spouse. So that's what it is. It's a demonstration of putting someone else's needs above your own. Of course, the solution 
to not talking about sex, you know, the sexual relationship, is to talk about the sexual mm, relationship. How long did it take you to come up with that one? Well, you know, there's a reason I get the big bucks. Yeah? Um, Zero? Yeah. So, any, and, and here's just a truism just in marriages, period. But if we have spouses that don't talk, they don't talk about anything, much less sex. But they, just, they, don't, they don't really talk. There's two reasons for that. Either it's out of fear or frustration. They're afraid of what their partner's response is going to be, so they don't talk about it. Or they're frustrated because they've had the discussion a million times and they don't want to have it a million and one. And so a spouse should not fear the response of their spouse. This topic has got to, in some way, someone has got to let the the emotional baggage, the, the emotional air out of this topic so that it doesn't, because any time, again, what do we do when, when we do talk about it? It's when something is, is not right, something is wrong. And immediately it becomes a criticism and it is a knife that cuts to the soul because it is this ultimate intimacy physically with each other. And so we fear that. As opposed to simply talking about something without all of the emotional baggage attached. Well, I mean, again, a founding principle is sex takes coordination. And if you're not talking about it, it won't be coordinated. It's hard you to coordinate. Will always on remain the on a different yeah. page. And what's interesting also about sex, and again, stop me if I'm stepping on your shoes, is personal history yes. is a huge thing. Are you talking about that? Yeah, that was next. Go for it. Um, well, Personal history is a big thing, <laughs> is what I wanted to say. Schnarch says that. Mm, yeah. So a lot of people don't... I'm surprised at how many couples I have in the office, and it may not be a shocker that they're in a counseling office. It is, is a shocker that they sought you for help, though. <laughs> Amen, brother. So they they don't know the sexual history of their, their partner. Oh, we didn't... We just didn't go there. You know, we didn't... I didn't want to know. Is it... No, no... No, 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 no. You know, if if the two are going to become one, those things need to be explored. And again, explored in a non-judgmental, accepting, graceful way. But someone's history, be it abuse in childhood yeah, or... Yeah, that's where I was mostly going, abuse during childhood, but yes. Or whatever. Yeah. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be learned from and not avoid it because it's it's simply part of who your spouse is, for good or bad. Um, it's who they are, and it's who you are. And so, being able to talk about that again without fear, and along with kind of personal trauma history um, and sexual history, uh, I think personal sin is another thing that I, in my own marriage, my pornography use was something that impacted us very early in our sexual relationship. And a lot of that was just not talked about. Personal sin is another thing. Again, it's like whether it's personal history or sin or just whether you want it or not, right? Like the whole appetite coordination, like there's just so much that has to be talked about. The obvious solution is we have to talk about it. Is just talk about it. And again, just understand uh, to your point about libido and and you know the big thing being you know frequency, I think if 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 you were ever asked one thing, it was well, what's normal? Because I mean, 
and guys are going surely like three times a day is normal, right? And so... No, that sounds exhausting. To be able to, to understand that just because of testosterone levels, in, in, for most couples, you, you, the, your libido is not going to align with each other. It's just not. And depending on past, depending on a lot of things, depending on the season of your life... How your day went that day. You know, we, and we talk all the time about how guys want sex all the time and, and, and women don't. But more and more and more, uh, be it uh, the pressure at work, be it long-term pornography use, whatever. There's a whole lot of men now that wives are sort of hung out to dry. That, that they're the ones that are desiring this physical closeness and intimacy and and the husband's just not going there. So the cliche of the guy wants it and the woman doesn't doesn't necessarily apply universally like uh, it used to anyway. Maybe I have a low T. Maybe so. Maybe I need to check that out. Maybe so. That'd be good. <laughs> so Dude, I can do that everly well. When it comes to talking about the talk, I always suggest, you know, when it comes is is we need to bring it up and talk about that we we can talk about it as opposed to just springing it so you're having your fruit loops and so honey what do you think is is the average we ought to be having sex per week as opposed to just springing it on somebody talk about the need to talk about the need uh, and kind of set up a time and what do you want to say and and cover a topic and Again, just communicate. There is no other coordinated activity. There isn't one that we're just going to do, be it cooking dinner or you know what exercise or entertainment. There's not another mutual activity that couples do that they refuse to mention, even in passing. And so when we just acknowledge the need with our spouse to talk about it, and if it is too much of a conversation or too awkward of a conversation, obviously bring in a pastor or a mentor couple or a counselor. Um, but first step, bring just mentioning that it's worth talking about. Yeah. And then at that point, it comes in the sexual history, trauma history, sin, frequency, duration, kind of what arouses you. Those are all the important topics to then begin talking yes. about. Yes, and to phrase it, sort of in the positive. You know, it's like make suggestions as opposed to complaining uh, about something, just like you would do, you know, with anything else. You would want to be kind in the discussion. So we say all that to say, guys... Don't make your suggestion a complaint. You know what I would like. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse... Uh, kids, money, sex, in-laws. When it comes to sex anyway, the most important aspect of this topic is to just be able to push through the uncomfortableness and talk about it. If you want more information about this episode or anything previously released, it is paradoxpodcast.com. You can also go to christianparenting.org slash paradox. You can find us on our socials there, as well as review the show and share it. Thanks so much. See ya.
For more information about the voice of the Paradox podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs>